0: Take Your Medicine. Remix! Drop! Hi, Medicine Remix. Listen to one of your mixes. I'm like, wow, nice, mind-blowing. The way that you connect all of these very intricate and seemingly disconnected elements to create this just beautiful montage is Creative, artistic, fresh, it's amazing. So keep doing what you do. I'm definitely coming back to listen more and more and more. Love
1: what you are doing within this channel. Mixing in your passion of the medical world with hip hop has really sparked something inside of me that kept wanting to listen to you throughout each week.
0: and. Um, it really must have struck something to me because I, myself, was never into the medical world or ever interested in that before. So, yeah, something must have happened there, which is awesome. It's like being a
1: on the wall and listening to an intelligent conversation about the medical world. And it's just different. I just love hearing it. It's just really real.
0: Yeah,
1: keep <laughs> yeah, up the good work.
0: Love the show. Medicine remix. You guys are the coolest doctors. Do people know at work that you guys have this podcast? I kinda wondered. I bet they're just like thinking you're like the dopest people in the practice. I just
1: got onto the uh medicine remix thing. You guys are rocking it, rocking it steady. Yeah! I like the mixes. I like the topics. I know you guys are really like superstars, you know, real life superstars. Oh, thank you. Keep it coming. You guys are killing it, man. Sure. Me.
0: Medicine Remixed. I don't know where to start. You guys are
1: geniuses. Talk to them. It's beyond refreshing because your segments also are enlightening and educational. Come on. I, I just can't even. There are no words. I
0: just wanted to stop by to say thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I finally favorited your station because I thought, you know what? After all this time, you finally deserved it. Thank you for listening. you listening to Medicine Remix. Huh. On no
1: other place but here.
0: On Anchor.
1: Support for today's Medicine Remix show comes from Zipitor anti-talk listening tablets for those who not only need to listen, but more importantly, for those who need to listen with a willingness to let others change their minds. Imagine that. Zipitor is now available in liquid, designed for those who just can't seem to swallow their pride. Zipitor, just shut the fuck up and listen. Side effects of Zipitor may include verbal constipation, not jumping to conclusions, and severe empathy. Ask your doctor or your significant other if Zipitor is right for you. Now, back to listening at its best. Medicine remixed, only on Anchor. All right, Zip it. You, you can't even. Zip it. Zip. Look, all. Ladies I'm... and gentlemen of the jury, Exhibit A. Number two, would you please back up? Look, the... I'm Zippy Longstockings. Oh, I keep when a problem comes along. You might zip it. <laughs>
0: zip it good. Unveil the time corridors. Scott, you just don't get it, do you? You don't. Zip it up and zip it out. Shut the fuck up. All bye right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Every time that I felt like I was at the bottom, it's always been because of death. What happened to the bottom? It's like, you know, it's almost like I can identify with somebody that's on drugs to sit at the bottom. You just just feel fucking empty. Like, there's nothing left here for you. It's just like, why the fuck am I here? You know what I mean? And what the fuck am I doing? There's nothing that's important to me anymore. What's the longest you've been in that space, though? You're never out of that space, especially when it comes to death. When it comes to death, if it's somebody that you really love, like a brother or son, you're never out of that space. You just figure out ways to deal with it, because there are still people here that need me. So I gotta pick my shit up and suck it up and get active, man. And turn to music as an outlet. To have a place to go like the studio to be creative it absolutely like it helped get your mind out of the dark areas you know what i'm saying And know uh, that's my way of coping with it
1: damn feels like it's been forever what up anchor this is your boy d i'm still alive and we got a shit ton of questions that we've been getting call-ins reese has been holding it down what up reese and you know we're just gonna jump right in see if we can get back on track giving you guys the content that you need i don't know if you need it but you like it don't lie (laughs) Um, So one of the questions, not even questions really, it was a comment from Michael Conway, I believe. And Mr. Conway made some statements about therapy and how in his opinion therapy was more often used to process
0: loss we were talking about how hip-hop could be used as both therapy and learning and the fact is is that's really usually what therapy is is learning to cope with the loss not really always in learning how to regain something or rebuild something but how to learn how to cope with a a loss or absence
1: which I found interesting and I actually disagree with, although I have no grounds uh, scientifically to say that you're wrong or that I'm right. I think more what I my feeling is that it's, you know, it's always a mix and it's not always just one thing and it's not always static. Um, sometimes it's processing new things, right? But you're right. Sometimes it is processing the loss of things. And it was, I just found it really interesting that you went to that first versus dealing with new things, which I went to dealing with new things first when I thought about it. But what it did do is it reminded me of the stages of grieving. And the stages of grieving, I think it's actually called the stages of death and dying. And this was sort of a proposed model by Kubler. Ross, I believe, and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I may be wrong about that, but I think it was somewhere in the 70s she came out with a book on death and dying, and in there, it really talked about her work with terminally ill patients, and during that time, she developed a model and this model included these five stages and i've always felt compelled to use these five stages even though you know she developed them to deal with death and dying just with any process it's convenient for one in my opinion is it just kind of provides structure and sort of a system that I like to refer to in my mind as a peg system, meaning it allows you to just hang a peg on the wall and to just hang something up on there, right? A milestone, an understanding, a breakthrough, whatever it is. And I I found myself ever since undergrad and learning about this, kind of going back to it a lot. So for those of you who know it, we'll give you a little refresher. Stage one, denial. In this stage, this is where the person's first reaction is denial. Individuals kind of go with somehow feeling like they've been either I don't know misdiagnosed or they feel like this just isn't real this isn't happening and they cling to this false belief two is anger right just kind of like man why me this isn't fair who would do this why do these things always happen to me number three is bargaining and in this third stage it involves the hope that the individual can avoid a cause of grief In other words, you know, I'd give anything to, you know, have mom back, or I'd give anything to have my child back, or I'd give my own life. Number four is depression. And in this stage, you know, somebody is just down and out. Like, what's the point of any of this? Why bother? Um, You know, I, I, I miss them so much. I just can't go on. And number five is acceptance. In this stage, just like, this is what reality is right now, and I will get over this. The thing I found interesting about these are that I often forced myself to fit this model right in this order, one, two, three, four, and five. I just assumed that they had done their due diligence and uh, figured out that this is the most common sequence. Of grieving. And after getting this call in, I dove back into the research and found that, you know, this is actually a model that, although it became accepted by the general public, later didn't really hold true in terms of consistency. People a lot of times hit these stages, but in no particular order. And sometimes they didn't hit some of these stages. If anything, it was just kind of a rough model of potential experiences in dealing with grief, which in hindsight makes complete sense. I mean, it'd be kind of silly to think that something so big could be boiled down to you know, five stages. But I just found it really interesting that in my life up to this point, I forced a lot of my processing to fit five steps. There's a gentleman, Robert Sapolsky, great researcher, I think out of Stanford. And he has a pretty cool piece about religion and his breakdown of it. And I think he breaks it down as really essentially a, a mental illness, I guess. And he's an atheist, go figure. But I think he calls it like meta magical thinking. But he points out a lot, a lot of cool stuff. Some of the big ones, you know that you know 95 percent of human cultures have some sort of religion you know some belief in something else and he has a couple of components that are he attributes to being stress reducing and number one as part of you know a religion is understanding causality two is understanding the larger purpose of things number three is accepting that there is A benevolent force for those of you don't know what benevolent means I think generically it's somebody who desires to help others and number four is that same force is listening to the concerns of other humans and I think where it sort of goes off the rails with religion for people who are anti-religion I guess is when you know that force prefers people that look like you, that dress like you, right? (laughs) that pray like you, and then it can breed division. Again, some of the big benefits, and, and mind you, these benefits for stress reduction are independent of the fact that just being part of a religious group, it affords you certain things, right? You're part of a community, you have fewer lifestyle risks that would impact stress reduction but even independent of those things just believing in something that helps you understand causality makes you feel like you're part of a larger purpose has you believing that there's a benevolent force out there and that this force listens to humans and particularly favors people like you all that stuff feeds into this idea of control and predictability and really you know the very essence at the core of what religion is the reason i bring all that up is not to spark a religious debate rather to point out that my adherence to the five stages of grief although flawed was very helpful right even though the research and you crunch all the numbers and people say ah fuck that model it didn't pan out that shit's garbage
0: mm-hmm.
1: not really right i mean not everything has to you know fit the mold in order to help you and i that's something that i found really interesting that i re- i really this sounds it sounds fucking crazy to be real honest is that I would force myself I'd say man I've been stuck in you know stage three or whatever and you know I just I need to move on and just accept that I'm gonna be depressed for a while after that um and then I'd you know go through that and then I would just move on to accepting so and I don't know I, I hope that makes sense but I thought this was just really interesting and it kind of pulled me back so Mr. Conway thank you so much for that inadvertent time travel that you provided it also reminded me of a very funny joke by comedian Hannibal Burris, who I don't know if, you know, he adapted it and thought that people wouldn't notice or he did it in a way that he knew people would notice and just applied it to something that was completely ridiculous, but hilarious. So we'll take a listen to that. All right, y'all, peace.
0: Recently, I had to take a shit on a plane. I never happened to me. 16 years of flying, never sat on a plane. I went through so many emotions. First was anger. Damn it, I gotta sit on a the plane. Then it was denial. I'm not sitting on this plane. Then it was sadness. I gotta sit on a the plane. Then it was acceptance. I yeah, guess I gotta sit on this plane. Then it was happiness. Yo, I'm sitting in the sky. Went through a lot. <laughs>
1: How does science help us deal with the angst of being temporary beings who nonetheless can write poetry and love the poetry
0: yeah and the love and the art and the creativity are what give meaning to the life that we will know only once and were we to live forever what motivation would there ever be to write a poem i can tell you my knowledge that i will die yeah gives focus yeah. and meaning every day that I am alive. When you give flowers to someone, I yeah. yeah. you assume you've done this before, why not give them plastic flowers? they will last longer, but you don't. You give them real flowers, because you know the real flower will die. So that the, the measure of the value of that gift is manifest in its temporality. And if you knew you were never gonna die, then what's your heart?
1: guys would please just like and subscribe uh anywhere you see anything medicine uh, remixed like the shit out of it just click on it Let's doesn't cost do you it, move your goddamn fat finger and click on it you're clicking all kinds of other shit at work when you shouldn't be god damn it, it. Uh, but uh but yeah we appreciate it and that's really you know the only surrogate market we have to go by and listen the other thing is fucking tell people about it man tell you know, your friends about us tell your friends i mean i i'm always amazed man when people think people are famous like i've never been starstruck ever and the reason I've never been star st- starstruck is because somebody said to me once you know the only reason that person's famous is because you made them famous right I was like what are you talking about and they're like stop caring who the fuck that is yeah. watch how famous he is now and it's yeah. like holy it's like fuck we, you're right yeah, we give things meaning man. yeah absolutely and, and we give words meaning we give everything meaning, man and like, when people when people think like oh you know my friends an artist uh, he's a he, guy wants to make it big or whatever you know something fucking support that i mean if he sucks he sucks but if he's even halfway good man you make people famous i don't think people realize that you make things important and god damn it make us famous is what we're saying fucking tell people no but my point is is that the only way this is going to get out and it's ever going to you know get it, you know grow any legs to it is if people tell other people about it. and listen if you don't like it Thank you for suffering through it. We love you. And if you like it, we'll fucking tell somebody, man. And to be real honest, the feedback that we've gotten back so far, fucking great, man. Like... uh, We appreciate it. We're having a good time doing it. And this is our way to be creative within a field that... Really is an art and a science, but art has been taken out of it. So, you know, for for creative people in medicine, and there's a lot of them, there's a lot of like super talented people. Absolutely. This could be a forum for those people kind of looking for a different way to express their craft through a more creative means. Just press that star under the applause button to favorite the station and hear the satisfying sound of showing
0: us love. Medicine Remixed. Only on Anchor.